And welcome back to Sports the Nemo Way, the safeties episode, where we will be ranking our five greatest safeties of all time. And all five of us are here tonight. Oh, two episodes in a row. Let's go, guys. And let's. Uh, I don't think I have any other housekeeping, so let's get started. Drew, who is your fifth greatest safety of all time? Paul Krause. Oh, Paul Krause. I do not have Paul Krause. I don't either, but it was close. He's my number five. Right? Yep, he's on my five. All right, well, I know Paul played in the 60s and 70s, but he has 81 interceptions all the time. Number one all time. We've talked about this before in the Vikings. Um, he's eight-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. He has an NFL championship, which we figured this out after doing all of our football <laughs> research, so we don't think we're down this rabbit hole, but um, that means they won. It's basically winning the NFC championship. Right. That's what that Vikings team did. Then yeah. they went on to lose in that Super Bowl. Those were iconic teams, though, I for mean, that era of that football. Def- I mean, the Purple People Eaters was the defensive line, and he was safety yeah. for those teams. So, yeah. He I was, mean, he was a great safety. I mean, no we kinda, we've talked about it before. I mean, yes, they were. We've talked about how they were throwing a lot of interceptions back then. You could like manhandle more, but at the same time, still get eighty-one interceptions 81 is is impressive. I mean, he has two seasons of double digits. He has twelve. His first league in his first year in the league, he has twelve, and then later on, he has a ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a six and eight, seven, five. That's, that's like twelve interceptions in what fourteen games? Yeah. Mm. I mean, or these are all four. Go back to the twelve days. All but his last two years are fourteen game yeah. seasons. So I mean, yeah. his first year in the league, he almost had an interception every game, and he still played almost all the way through the entire seventies. And so I mean, it's not we're not talking at least like a forties and fifties guy. Like we've had conversations about other guys from way way yeah. back in the day. He's at least a smidge bit more relevant than some of those guys. Yeah, he you know we've had other guys from that same era make other really important lists, you know, like Mean Joe Green and stuff like that. I mean, the 60s and 70s, well, six, the early 60s and the beginning of the late 60s, but by the end of the 70s, you're starting to get more, we're getting close to more modern-day football. Things I mean, are opening up a little yes, more. We're yeah. not just seven guys on the line and then three running backs in the backfield. Like, we're starting to spread stuff yeah. out. Like, it's not... Mid to start- late 70s, offenses started just to throw the ball more down the field efficiently. Yeah. Passing games became less of a joke. Mm-hmm. You had Dan Faust throwing for 4,000 yards. You had, I think Bradshaw had a couple years where he slung it around and got like an MVP in the 70s and had a decent stats for one or two years. I mean, there were, you know, guys starting things. Yeah, Stallbach. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we're starting. We're probably missing a, a few guys. Yeah, I'm sure we are. Well, wasn't Archie Manning playing then? Well, Kenny, was Kenny Stabler playing then? Or Kenny Stabler. Yeah, Kenny Stabler. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, I mean, the there's. Bengals quarterback. Oh, O'Brien. Is it O'Brien? Or Anderson. Or Anderson. 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 Anderson's probably playing towards the end of his career here. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, uh, the Dawson guy for the Chiefs, Lynn Dawson. Lenny Dawson. Yeah. Was he, was, he, was he that late? He was in the first couple Super Bowls. Yeah, in yeah he went to Super Bowl one and two, I think. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Lenny might, yeah. Well, he, no, he, he won that one. He, he did win a Super Bowl. Wait, who? The Dawson guy. Right. Yeah, but that was like Super Bowl, what, three? Four. I thought they won five. Been four. I thought they beat the Vikings was five. One and two were the Packers. The Packers. Packers. Three was the Jets, and I think four was back to the Chiefs. Vikings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I mean, I, I didn't put Paul Krause on my Mount Rushmore because of his popularity, but his his ability on the field was was pretty pretty damn good. And what I read, he seemed to be a decent tackler. Obviously, we don't have tackling stats, which boggles my mind. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, yeah. So, so we we don't have any for sure things, but it said that he would come down and tackle. And it's kind of like Drew said, it's just kind of hard to get past 81 interceptions, and he was contributing to a great team. So, I mean, yeah. I thought it was just a good pick. I mean, he wasn't just five. a safety on that great team not doing anything. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a Hall of Famer. So. And it's the most interceptions ever. It's just, you know, it's a good, it's a nice thing to have in your resume. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how many of us had him? Me and Drew. And Ray. And Ray. Oh, Ray. Oh, so three. three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Uncle Doug, his, or wait. Wade, was that your five? Uh, yes. Okay, so Uncle Doug, who's your five? Well, I I was going to put an old guy on the list, and it was either going to be Krause or the guy that I did put, which is Larry Wilson. Hmm. Okay. Um, Larry had 52 interceptions, which not as much as Krause, but more than a lot of guys on the list. Uh, he also had 21 sacks, hmm. eight touchdowns. Um, he was seven-time All-Pro. Six of them were first team, one second team. And eight Pro Bowls. Um, the reason I went with him instead of Krause was Larry Wilson also had a Defensive Player of the Year award. I heard, I almost put him on my list because I heard the funniest and coolest story ever when I was reading about some of these guys. Larry Wilson played a game with two broken hands and got an interception. <laughs> he had two broken hands at the same time that were completely wrapped up in whatever they used back then, and he caught all... He, he got an interception in the game where he had two broken The only thing hands. that would make it even cooler is if he was playing like in the cold. Like, yeah. you know how bad that would hurt to like, like knock down a pass with two broken hands? He's playing in the, in the 60s with two broken hands. He came, yeah. And he, he picked in, off a pass. He came in second in the MVP voting. Like, that's yeah. nuts. I, Who he won was, the MVP? That's a good question. He was question. crazy good. Because, I mean, obviously, we're not going to be able to see it. Bart Starr. Okay. Oh, Bart Starr. Well, that explains yeah. that. That's how nuts. Two broken hands. Yeah. And got an interception. <laughs> that's Dude. so bizarre. Yeah, it's probably later on in the year, and if it's cold. Oh yeah, that would hurt. Like I mean, it already hurts hurt. enough, you know, when you and someone throws the ball hard and it's cold out. Yeah, it hurt. Could you imagine with your hand broken? Both of them. <laughs> he had two broken hands. <laughs> Unless he caught it like this, he was probably like, yeah, he probably body caught it. He probably but still two broken. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still a so play cool. with two broken hands. That's People nuts. don't play with broken fingers. It almost made me put him over Paul Krause, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I love that story so much. I wonder what his fingers looked like. I bet it looked like he was possessed by a demon. And oh, I like, bet yeah, they're all like all over the place. Right, this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he had like they had a lot taped around him. Like he, he's probably he, just having clothes. He couldn't move them. Like, probably, his hands were stuck like this. They were like oh, just so, so probably wrapped more like up a like a baseball mitt. Huh? So he's probably he, of, he probably yeah. caught it like a yeah. I bet he scooped that motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. got it around his chest. Yeah. He body he body had that thing. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd throw Larry out there. Hell yeah! All right. Well, anybody else have anything to add on Larry Wilson before we move on? Uh uh-uh. uh no. Well, I did the same thing. I uh, also decided to put an old guy on my list. <laughs> and it wasn't ours? And it wasn't either one of them. <laughs> we can find an old guy. Um, I put Ken Houston on my okay. list. Yeah. Oh, I got, uh, I got yeah. Ken Houston at four. Oh, there oh, you go. Look yeah. at that. Hmm. Ken Houston was good. He was. Yep. He had uh, 49 career interceptions. Another guy we don't have tackles for. <laughs> We're... Uh, just, but everything I read said he used to fly downhill and, you know, obliterate guys. So I took their word for it, I guess. <laughs> I um, think a lot of people's words for tackles. Yeah. <laughs> he did re- He did return to or nine uh, interceptions for touchdown. Um, he also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. He had 21 fumble recoveries in his career. Um, so, you yeah, know, nice. He was a... Uh, Sorry, he's a he's a Hall of Famer. He's twelve time Pro Bowl, four time All Pro. He's on the All Seventies team. 
Um, Did he play for the Oilers? Yes. Okay. And in Washington. In Washington, yeah. yes. Gotcha. So oh, I guess you got to pull up right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have much else to add, but he again played through 1980. So it's not like, again, it's not like he's, you know, yeah. didn't play in any decent. 40s and 50s. I mean, Krauss <laughs> right. were almost identical. Krauss was like, came yeah. in just like a year or two before him and retired one year before him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're almost identical. But, yeah. Yep. He doesn't have any, uh, you know, double digit interception seasons. He does have a nine interception season, but. He grabs three, four, five, sometimes six interceptions a year pretty consistently for a while. Yeah, I mean, until the very end, he's grabbing at least. Well, he does have that one kind of two. But other than that, he's like five. five most yeah. Of the time. Yeah, I would say he's yeah. not. I think I remember watching a list about hard-hitting safeties. It was like a YouTube video, and I think he was on it. I want. I think he was. It was like him and Steve Atwater and John Lynch and Ronnie Lott just mm-hmm. killing people. Oh, don't forget. downhill. No, never mind. Um, and yeah. there was a few like Sean Taylor and Bob Sanders highlights, but like it was, I think Brian Dawkins on it too, but it was just, it was just, there was 10 of them, I think. And I think Ken Easton was on the list. And you, and you got to throw a little respect on these old guys too, cause they were out in these deep, you know, like cold weather, just street fight fucking battles, like they were. night after night. There was no... Indoor stadiums back then. Well, and we, <laughs> we talk about how these DBs beat up the receivers. It took these tough DBs to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Can't, no one could be out there. I mean, we it is bad. Like, I mean, they got an advantage, but I mean, for them to go out there and just beat on them all, well, all game. And you know, well, they wide receivers were allowed to fight back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. right. Yeah. You had to most be time we get the, the alpha in that situation. Mm-hmm. Thing, you, we get the benefit like the receivers and the quarterback, but they go out there and like. Do that, and you know they're coming after you, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the defense had an advantage because the offensive player had to fight you off and catch a ball. Yes. Well, the yes. defensive player could just monk you. Yeah. I mean, right. But, and, everybody, and everybody clowns about Dan Campbell talking about biting kneecaps and shit. That's what these motherfuckers did back in the day. Oh, yeah. That's what they, they did whatever they had to Get back Eye then. gouges, right. bite mm-hmm. your kneecaps. They pushed the limit, and then rules were made. Yeah. Right. As we went along. Rules we have now because of the way they played then. Yep. Just like, I mean, it's just like basketball with the 80s. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and then they just had to slowly make changes throughout time to make now the NFL is halfway to flag football. Yeah. And that's just the way it's going to stay probably forever. And they're going to keep expanding games for money and making it softer and softer as time goes on. Yep. Eventually we'll have robots. They will be an 18th game. In the next five to ten years, oh like yeah, that's coming. Oh, definitely. They got making an even number. They only added seven. They only added one because they had to argue the way to that. They'll just they set it up yeah. so the eighteenth coming. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. it. Just it ruins looking back on things. I think it's making it way too long. I, I I thought sixteen was perfect. Well, and it, yeah. it it makes records so hard. Yeah, it does. Because you're comparing a guy that played fourteen games to a guy that played seventeen games. Well, Peyton's single season records are going to get broken now because of a seventeenth game. Well, the, uh, under, all the records, are the get receiving broken. records yeah. with new with an extra game and all that, those will get broken. I was shocked point. no one passed Peyton's records last year. To be honest, I thought yeah. like Mahomes or Allen or Herbert would someone someone's going to get it. They're coming. I mean, yeah, yeah they're coming. Probably Mahomes or Allen or Herbert are going to break. And eventually, the, record. the receiving records. I mean, yeah. yeah, the only thing that's safe is the rushing records. No one runs yeah. the ball. Well, not only do they not run, Committee. but even the teams that do run, they have three running backs. Right. Yeah. So there's only like two we won't have. There's no, no more workhorse running backs. There's only a couple. No. Yeah. I mean, Derrick yeah. Henry's about the only one anymore, and he's not yeah. even what he was. Yeah. But 
By the way, before we get too far too far away from Ken Houston, the reason I and another reason I went with Ken Houston was he was also a kick and punt returner. Oh, Um, so I thought that was decent. Want to hear something really cool before we move on? Yeah, Joe Theismann, the quarterback, Mm -hmm. returned punts in the first part of his career. Did he really? Ten yards per punt average return. Yeah, Yeah, he was the backup quarterback for Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah, had him re- returning punts. He was good at it. Like, he, he, was good. He, was, he was an athlete. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching him do it. Wow. I watched a documentary on him, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, well, is that everybody's number five now? Yeah. And we have Ray's number four, correct? Correct. Anybody else have the number four off the list yet? Uh, no. 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 My, nope. I still need to say my four. All right, so Wade, who is your four? Uh, Brian Dawkins. He's mine. He's uh, my three. He's my three. Oh. Uh, it's not on my list. Well, fuck you, Ray. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, um, no offense, Ray, but I thought Brian Dawkins was a, a good, obvious pick. Okay. Um, he was just my God, what an animal! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. The, well, guy, yes. the guy had two lockers: one for Brian Dawkins, and one for Weapon X. He was. I like, mean, they said God, before God. the game he would be in one, and then you saw him change over, and you don't mess with him after that. When you think <laughs> of the hardest hitters in NFL history, he's one of the guys that comes to name. He uh, laid people the fuck out, yes. so hard. <laughs> yes. It was I mean, unreal to watch him come across the middle and hit people. I, mean, I was watching a TikTok today of him mic'd up. I mean, he's just nuts. When he, he, when he, he just crawls screaming. onto the field, yeah, and like he's I mean, going nuts. He is one of the ultimate tone setters in NFL. I mean, oh yeah, and his blackout visor—you can't see his eyes. Yes, that's scary. That's why he's whipping next baby he's ready to kill people i like, mean he we did, did kill people <laughs> yeah the hit on algae crumpler is maybe yes. the hardest hit i've ever seen i know it is nuts it like is. and algae crumpler is bigger than he is yeah you, youtube it drew if you don't know what i'm talking about it, i think i remember i'll, I'll, I'll see it, it makes my chest hurt to watch oh it it, 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 it makes it makes you not want to play football yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like it's that bad on the field like yeah it's so unreal not only that but he was the defensive captain for two different franchises. Algie Crumpler. Yeah, he was a tight end for the Falcons. Algie. A bunch of them came up. Like, but it's a, I said Brian Dawkins hit, and then it's like four or five names just come yeah. up. Oh, Algie Crumpler one is amazing. And and in his prime, he he wasn't a liability in coverage. Oh, yeah, he's in his pull bus. It is. Oh, yeah. he caught it? <laughs> I don't think he wanted to catch it. Here we go, Alex. Yeah, out for us. Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Vick put him in a bad spot. Slow motion. Oh, God. <laughs> Just. Here it comes. So much. This is great podcast. Double move, idea. double move, Mike Collinsworth. Dude, he, Vic's running down the field to apologize. He's, yeah. like, oh, <laughs> he's like, my yeah. bad. <laughs> he's like, there's no wind. He's like. No, the the I mean, talking about Eagles hard hits though. The one worse than that is when Jeremiah Trotter hits Reggie Bush. Mm. Reggie Bush cr- literally crawls on his hands and knees off the field. Oh yeah, because oh. they throw like a little dump. Yeah, a little, a little screen pass, and Trotter obliterates him. Well, I was watching some Brian Dawkins highlights, and he has others. I just don't remember all the damn hits. Yeah, but some of them are just nuts. Oh, and he still has even hard hitting. He still has thirty seven interceptions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, when they when he went to Denver, which he was in his mid thirties then, they they played two high safeties. Like he played he played high safety. It wasn't like he, he was a great athlete. Yeah, he was yeah. a really good athlete. He him and Palomalu are extremely similar. 
they were best at coming downhill and disrupting things around the line of scrimmage, but they were competent enough to still play actual safety right. when they weren't coming downhill. Yeah. I mean, Dawkins was a green dot guy. Like yeah. Dawkins, Dawkins was a was a captain. He went out there. He made sure everybody was in their spots. Like he was an intelligent football player. He wasn't just an athlete. He wasn't just he wasn't just know, this crazy he, guy. He was right. better than Cam Chancellor. Oh like, yeah, Cam 100%. Chancellor is like this come downhill, knock the fear of God into you. Brian Dawkins was that plus more. Yeah, like he was. Brian Dawkins also didn't get hurt. I yeah, mean, yeah, he was also able able to hit people without hurting himself. I mean, he had like what over eleven hundred tackles, eleven hundred tackles, yeah, and almost forty interceptions, twenty six sacks, nineteen fumble recoveries. The night, the the sack numbers are actually pretty nice. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so if you have almost, he has almost forty interceptions. What was the sacks again? Twenty six. Twenty six sacks and eleven hundred. Ta- that's that's pretty nasty. You know, Thirty seven picks. I mean, maybe I put yeah. him too low on my list. I think you did because I got him at three. Me yeah. too. The reason, <laughs> Me too. I think I, mean, I might have messed guess that up. I'll go ahead and ruin my three. I mean, the reason why I put him is because Palomalo at the Super Bowl. That was kind of my that, thinking. That was kind of mine. Palomalo yeah, contributed. We talked about last week how teams. Brian Dawkins got cheated out of his Super Bowl, but well, I also think. Didn't Brian Dawkins play a lot longer than Trump? I think Paul Malo is like 12 years, I think. Yeah, so I think some of the numbers are... I mean, Dawkins has great numbers, but I think he also played a lot longer than Paul Malo. Yeah, he played 15... Or 16 years, sorry. And does Dawkins have a defensive player of the year? No, he can't. Paul Malo does. Yeah, Paul Malo has that. See, Super Bowl and a defensive player, I was like... Yeah. I like Brian Dawkins more. Yeah. I also have Paul Malo at three because of the same things you said. I have Paul Malo at four. Yeah, so, no, I have Paul Amalu at four as well. Okay. Yeah, I told you there'd be different differences between them. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Just flip flop yeah. those. But yeah, um, they're. I mean, they're both all time great safeties. I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah. Well, do we want to talk about Paul Amalu for a minute? Since we have I mean, we, a bunch of us just brought him out as well. Transition. I figured that was who's gonna be next. Ray, do you have Paul Amalu? I do. Where do you have okay. three. three? Okay, so okay. so yeah, we just transition. So we have three threes and two fours on Paul Amalu. So yeah. he's unanimous. Yeah, Paul Amalu is in. I think one, two, and three are all going to be unanimous. I hope so. Yeah, I hope the next two guys are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, who's one and who's two, which, yeah. It's so tough. It's I just, go if, back. You, if you look at the numbers, it's just like tiers. Mm-hmm. It's like these two, then these two, and then you look at everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a very specific reason for my one and two that I'll explain when we get there. Hmm. Well, let's talk about Paul Amalo for yeah. a minute. Who, who would like to speak i guess um well i just remember him being all over the field kind of like wade said i mean he was a kind of a three-level safety i mean he would come down i mean we all know that play of him jumping over the line it's all the quarterback yeah. I mean, it's, it became he, a thing he would yeah. come down and hit running backs but then again he could also cover i mean he had how many interceptions did he have 32 32s i mean not yeah. quite as many but he's still in the 30s i mean it's 32 interceptions 12 sacks seven fumble recoveries um 783 tackles. Yeah. I also remember a lot of Palomalu. One, he was maybe the best defensive player on some great defenses, which is an impressive thing. Yeah. On multiple Super Was he there for two Super Bowls or one? I don't. I think he was there for two. I don't remember if he was there for the first one or just the second one. Yeah. Well, that's right. Well, yeah. they won in what? Yeah, 2000. Yeah, he's the there for two. For the first okay, one. so he was there yeah. for two Super Bowls. And I always remember Palomalu making huge clutch plays in the playoffs. I feel like there was always a play of him doing something crazy in the playoffs, him making an important interception. Doesn't he have an interception where he like runs back and forth in the field trying to run the clock out while he has the ball in his Probably. hands? Probably. Yeah. Doesn't he do that at one point? I think he just has yeah. I think he has a bunch of big 
He we played had, well in the playoffs. He did. He yeah. always came up with big plays. And he was always telling other people where to go. Yeah. Like he would come up and tell a linebacker, you go there. Go, like, And I don't think he was necessarily maybe like as hard a hitter over the middle as someone like Brian Dawkins or Steve Atwater. But when it came to disrupting the line of scrimmage, I think of well, Palomalu first. Palomalu did all kinds of crazy-ass shit around the line He of had 56 tackles for loss, which is crazy for a safety. Yeah. Like, you're you're behind the line of scrimmage getting tackles, probably on a running back. Yeah. You know? He was um, always doing something nuts around the line of scrimmage that were these big, altering, changing plays to help his team win. And that's just what I remember most about Palomalu. And he could read a defense extremely well. He's another guy that quarterbacks used to talk about. Like I would call, I would call out a play, and Palomalu would go stand where the ball was supposed to go. Yeah, like you know, like he knew his stuff. You can't come down and disrupt the line of scrimmage as much as he did without knowing what's coming. Yeah, like yeah, like you have to be able to know because if you just leave your safety spot and come to the line of scrimmage on you're reading the defense wrong, you're probably gonna give up a touchdown because yeah. you're the last line yeah. of defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he has to know when to come down. He has to know what's going on. And, and yeah, yeah. He also has um, five career touchdowns. Just throwing that out there. And off the field stuff, he had some great head and shoulders commercials. <laughs> he <laughs> still yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's another thing. He's iconic for his hair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what you think here. about. Like, even people that aren't big football fans are like, you know, that guy for the Steelers that his hair was always, yeah. run, you know, like, and people would talk about him. I think it just kind of added to his persona. It did. This crazy, yeah. awesome football player with that crazy long hair. I don't know about, like, Uncle Doug, you know, being a little bit older, you know, and, like, um, paying attention more to college at that point than maybe I was. But for me, Palomalo came out of nowhere. I had no idea who he was, and all of a sudden he was, like, one of the best safeties in football. Yeah, I don't remember him in college either. I mean, it says he went to USC, which means he would have been on TV and stuff, but I don't remember him. And that was right before the whole Reggie Bush. I mean, right. he'd, he'd been right there close to them. Yeah, I mean, his first year was... Was he playing with, like, Mark three. Sanchez? So I think that would have been early for Sanchez, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. Liner... So when was yeah. his first year? Oh, three. So he would have been... College. Three. He'd been in college in what? Oh, two, two, oh, one. one, 2000. And what, they won their national championship in what? Oh, four, oh, five? He's there with Carson Palmer. Oh, mm. oh okay. yeah, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about Carson Palmer going there, to be honest. Well, they had they had NFL quarterbacks like back to back to back to back. It was like Carson Palmer, Matt Castle, uh, Leinart, uh, Sanchez. Yeah. Like yeah. those were all NFL quarterbacks back to back to back to back. They they didn't even have gap years. It was like Sam one Darnold was was the Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah, Sam he, Darnold went there, bit, but he's a little later. bit after. A little bit later, yeah. yeah. There's someone in there's between a, him and someone else. Yeah, there's someone else in there. There's someone we're forgetting who got drafted and failed, I think. Oh, it's uh, Rosen. Josh Rosen. Oh, yeah. yeah, Josh Rosen went to the Cardinals. It was what, like the fourth pick? Yeah. I, didn't, I thought Rose, Rosen, Rosen was, was like UCLA. UCLA. Oh, you're right. Rosen yeah. was UCLA in the same draft as Darnold. Right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Did Matt Barkley go there? Matt Barkley went there, yes. Matt Barkley went there. You're right. Yeah, Matt Barkley. Yep, yeah. good yeah. call, Wade. But yeah, doesn't. No, but Palmer was really the cream of the crop out of all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were there were some years where Palmer was an elite quarterback. It wasn't consistent, but he had some. Mm-hmm. Even those before last... the before the Steelers cheap shot him and almost ruined his career. He came back later on and had a couple of nights with the Cardinals. 
He did. But he did. It took him years to get over. His career was just kind of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a couple of years with the Cardinals, yeah, almost. He has some great years there, and he has some great ones with the Bengals. It's just mm-hmm. the bad years in the middle with injuries and the Raiders. He was scared. Like they, he ta- he would talk about it. Like yeah. after his knee injury, he would come back and like guys would just fall around him, and he would like just chuck the ball out of bounds because he didn't he didn't want anybody touching his legs. Yeah. And he was playing on a bad team. The Raiders sucked back. Yeah, then. the Raiders sucked too. Um, yeah. Didn't he, he, didn't he briefly retire and then come back? I think he did. Because he made yeah. he made an NFC championship with that Cardinal team. They he got blown out by the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. I think he made the playoffs a couple times. He made. Well, he was he, in the playoffs regularly. He beat Rodgers that one year. Yeah, because he followed up Warner, right? Yeah, he did. So yeah. he was throwing to Fitz and Anquan Bolden, those guys. Warner. I think Bolden left. I think Fitz he, you might be there. right. Boy, yeah, Bolden was. With Didn't nine. they have like a Floyd there for Michael a while? Floyd? Michael Floyd. Yeah, like yeah. Steve Breston and Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah, like David Beanie Johnson. Wells or David something. David Johnson was running yeah. back during his heyday. Yeah, I think he came a little later. Yeah. All right, let's not get off on too much of a tangent here. We're talking about Troy Palomalo. Does anybody have anything to say about Troy Palomalo before we move on? Um, I didn't come up on across. I, I just think he he accomplished a lot and really not a whole lot of games, to be honest. So that's everybody's five, everybody's four, and everybody's three? I think so. Yeah. Yep. So now we just have twos left? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I don't know who hasn't announced anymore. We've got to go on. But Ray, who's your two? Ed Reed. He's also my two. He's also my two. He's my two. He's my one. Oh, okay. So he's unanimous. Okay. Unanimous. I figured that's the way it was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I like Ed Reed and Charles Wilson for some reason. I don't Ed dislike Reed. Ed Reed. I put him at number two. Very good reason. <laughs> like, Let's so. see. Oh, yeah. Defensive player of the year. Yeah. I like he's older than you. <laughs> Famer. All I, like I have a specific reason for swapping my one and two around. I'll, I'll explain it later. One Super Bowl with the Ravens. He's an eight-time All-Pro. Yeah. Let's see. 61. Am I in the right spot? Yeah, 61 interceptions. 64, 64 interceptions. 64 total, yeah. 64 interceptions. Seven touchdowns. Seven, seven touchdowns, yeah. He was, I think he's the all-time like yards leaders on picks. He yeah. is. He's like third or fourth in touchdown return. Yeah, he might he might have the he, longest pick six. Because he has a couple, he does, and he also has a couple of fumble returns. So he has like nine or ten oh, yeah. touchdowns on defense. Oh, that hundreds. Uh, yeah, and he has the all time record in interception return yards. My big thing is with Ed Reed. Um, I mean, it's not a secret who the one guy is we have left, right? We all know who uh, it is. I don't think so. All right. Like. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe it is. <laughs> oh. Either way, I, think, <laughs> I put Ed Reed at one over the other guy because, in my opinion, the other guy is was a did more downhill tackling than Ed Reed did, but Red, Ed Reed wasn't asked to do that. Ed Ray Lewis did that. Oh yeah, Ed, Ed Reed just they just told him go play center field and don't want to ever let anyone get past you, and he did it, and he did it extremely well. And in my opinion, he's the greatest safety blanket of all time. I think he's one. I think. I think if we're. I think he. He's the greatest free safety. Yes. The other guy's the greatest strong safety. I agree. I. I would go along that, with that. That's what I would. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's first four prime years came at corner, not safety. That's just, yeah. And that's another thing to throw in there. But and both Ed Reed, he made the top ten interceptions list, and he only played like twelve years. Everyone else on the list played like fifteen to twenty seasons, while Ed Reed made top ten. With like twelve seasons, and his ball hawking ability was unparalleled. 
And once he got the ball in his hands, you were scared he was going to take it to the house because yeah. he was a dynamic with uh, return. Well, he was a, yeah, he's a dynamic return man as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just I just think, I mean, it's just my opinion, but and being the greatest center fielder slash safety blanket in NFL history, I think is just a big deal. Um, I do think the other guy came down and tackled more than Ed Reed, but I just think Ed Reed's ability to play center field better than maybe everyone else was just so valuable. Especially in his era. Yeah. I mean, passing was really starting to get super happy. Well, there's one team that consistently gave Peyton and Brady fits during their prime years with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, and it's the Ravens. Ravens. The Ravens always fucked with Peyton and Brady, who were the big dogs of that era, and the Ravens were always contending for championships with those two because their defense, because Ray Lewis and Ed Reed mm-hmm. could fuck with Peyton and Brady and Rivers and Roethlisberger and everybody. Well, they, they had so good. They had three defense players on those teams. They had Ed Reed, they had Ray Lewis, they had Terrell Suggs. I mean, all three yeah, of them won defense only that, players. But not only that, but that was the time when Rod Woodson was there. Mm. He was there early on. Yeah. 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 But like he, later on with the later teams, they had a Lodi Naha, who was a defensive tackle all pro. All yeah. pro. Um, back in the day, they had other a bunch of other Saragusa and and yeah. Adams were their big defensive tackles. They had a great corner. Um, can't remember his name now. That's the that's the early version of them. And then Ed Reed's not there with those teams. That's true. Ed yeah. Reed comes in with the the second Super he comes, Bowl. And, yeah, he comes after right after that. I mean, he's a veteran during the second Super Bowl. Yeah. But he comes a little after that first Super Bowl they win. Well, he comes in in '02. They won in like 2000. So, but. Yeah, I mean, he's there for the 2012 Super Bowl. Yeah. But, I mean. The Ravens' defense from when Ray Lewis gets there until he retires, I mean. It's amazing. And then when they get Ed Reed, it's even more amazing. Yeah. Like, it's this. These first ballot Hall of Famers at the second and third level. It's more dynamic when they get Ed Reed, I should say. Because they were pretty unbelievable in 2000. They were one of the greatest defenses ever. That was just with pure physicality up front. Yeah. With Ed Reed, you couldn't pass on him. With Ray Lewis, you couldn't run on him. It was just you didn't know what to do, and that's why they were so successful with bad quarterbacks or mediocre quarterbacks because Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were two of the greatest defensive players ever. Mm-hmm. I don't even really think that's debatable. Yeah. You can, make a, you can make an argument that they're both the goat of their position and they played together. Yeah. That's pretty nasty. Yeah. Indeed. Well, like I said, I, I, if we're just going free safety, it's Ed Reed. I agree. I agree that the other guy's probably the the better strong. Yeah, I mean, I mean, of the guys we're talking about, they like well, Wade's kind of talked about it here. He's he does a little bit of different thing. I mean, we talked about Palomalu doing a little bit of everything. Um, so I guess he's more like the closer to Ed Reed. Um, but Reed was Reed was that center field type guy because he's not going to have the. He wasn't the tackler of Brian Dawkins and and those guys. He wasn't he wasn't flying around laying people out on a regular basis. He played center yeah. field every yeah. play. That's what he did. When he had to tackle, he was a big hitter. He just he just didn't have the responsibilities of coming downhill. And I don't know if his because he was a little smaller than some of those other guys. I don't know if his body could have taken the pounding that Dawkins and Palomalu did. Yeah. Um, he but, might have gone the uh, Bob Sanders route there. Yeah. You know, Bob Sanders only like played like fifty games in his whole career. Really? It's that bad. Wow. It's something wow. something around there. It's just. I, I mean, that sounds about right. Because I mean, he was a human torpedo. Oh, and he was. Destroyed yeah, he was. his body in no time. Yeah, only played like fifty games or something close to that. It's something insane like that. 
All right, well, I guess we should probably move on to the rest of the rooms, number one, or at least some of our number ones, I guess. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, Uncle Doug, who's your number one? Ronnie Lott. He's also mine. He's my number two. He's my number one. He's my number one. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm about to say, right. Ronnie Lott. Oh, Ronnie Lott. I mean, we talked about him quite a bit in the uh, 49ers Mount Rushmore episode. Yeah. He's leader of those, the defense during those dynasty. I mean, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, that's, we all know the story of him getting off his pinky. Well, yeah, nobody, nobody would do that. We were talking about fierce hitters. Well, I don't think Ray does. Here, Ray refresh just, my memory. Okay, well, in a game, right, he hurts his hand. And then they say, you have surgery and you'll be out like 10 weeks or something. And then it says, or we can cut it off now and you go back in the game. He cuts it off. So he doesn't have his one pinky. Yep, that's why he's fucking number one. <laughs> yeah. He was a badass. He Dude, was. That's, that's legit. I like that shit. Yeah. Ten-time ten Pro Bowl, seven-time All-Pro, four-time Super Bowl champ, all-80s team, and all-90s team. He's got 63 career interceptions. Yep. So one less than Ed, or four less than Ed Reed. Sorry, four less than Ed Reed. He has five return for touchdowns. So two less than Ed Reed. But eleven hundred and forty-six tackles. Yes, he has. He has about as many tackles as Brian Dawkins. Right, one less than Dawkins. Yeah. He was. Well, I mean, I mean that's why he's held in such high regard. He hit like Dawkins and Palomalu and picked stuff off <laughs> at an Ed Reed rate. Yeah, or right. Just below an Ed Reed yeah. rate. Right, like, I mean, that's to be honest, he might be the hit, the biggest hitter ever. Maybe he fucking ran through people. It was unreal. Uh, I just you watch his highlights and the hits he puts on people. Him and Dawkins and Atwater, I would put at the top. To be honest, yeah, those three are just amazing. I mean, Atwater took out the Nigerian nightmare. That hit alone puts yeah. him in yeah. the fucking territory. We already yeah. talked about Dawkins, and Lot was just as big a hitter as those guys. Oh my goodness, he hit so hard. It was whew. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> he has five hundred tackle seasons. Yeah. Um right. plus he led the league in interceptions twice. Well, I think some of those came at corner. He was a corner tackling like that. Yeah. Like that first one oh eight is a corner. Yeah. Um See, that might be the only yeah, the corner. First, one. The first four, I think, are cornerback. Yeah. Two, and then the three, fifth year four. I think he was Played some of both, and then after that, it was safety. Yeah. And then he goes a bunch. He goes a while without it, and then he has three at the very bottom when he's not even with the Niners anymore. Yeah. yeah. Raiders and Jets. And that, 123 tackles? That's insane. <laughs> well, either you're just being a complete and total badass, or your team is hot garbage. Yeah. Well, it's the Jets they, in 93. So, yeah, so, probably yeah. hot garbage. They probably sucked. <laughs> yeah, they could have been bad. Well, let's I don't really out. know, but... Uh, they were eight and eight. Oh, yeah, so that's oh, not bad. they were going to be. But yeah, he was he was a machine. And their starting quarterback was Boomer Esiason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Boomer! He's becoming a podcast celebrity. Yeah, he is. yeah. we have some of those sometimes. Hey, Boomer! Anytime you want to come on the show, bro, just give us a call. <laughs> right? You can uh, you can leave your. Uh, <laughs> your Sunday gig and come on the pod if you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, like get that. us some ratings, boys. Have us come on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. What is it? Was he on Fox or CBS? CBS, CBS. Oh yeah, CBS. Yeah. yeah. 
Good old boomer. All right. Well, that's it, right? That's all of our safeties? Yeah. I think we got seven. Seven of them. Yeah. Um, before we discuss You're right, anymore, Albert. <laughs> I want to say something. Um, I think if Sean Taylor didn't die, there's a chance for him. He was very talented. He was. I think he had the potential to be. It's a possibility. Just, I think if Harrison Smith finishes career strong, you can make an argument for him. Yeah. He's got some pretty nasty all-around numbers already, and he's still playing. His biggest problem is he didn't get his noticed as much because he played on a very up-and-down franchise throughout yes, his career. Right, but he was an unbelievable safety for a long time in the NFL now. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Sean Taylor's numbers here. In four seasons, he had 12 interceptions, so you know, an average around three. Um, interceptions a year, and he had 300 tackles in four seasons. So decent. Yeah, I mean, here's my thing. I'm not trying. I'm not going to talk bad about him. Sean Taylor was very talented. He was a very good safety, one of the best safeties in the NFL at the time. But as a society, when somebody dies, we can we overinflate what they were doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that in sports, in movies, and music. We do it to everybody. Well, no one ever put Kobe in the goat debate until after he passed away. Yeah. Now yeah. it's a thing. Now, yeah. now a lot it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's you know, there's there's a lot of guys out there now that are like, oh, it's not a it's not a Michael Lebron debate. It's a Michael Kobe debate. And I'm like, nobody debated Mike, Michael and Kobe until very recently. Everybody loves Kobe. It's no disrespect to yeah. him. No, it's not, not nothing like yeah. that. Yeah. He's I'm a just, Laker fan, and I love Kobe. Yeah, but Kobe. He's not the goat. He's just not quite to Jordan. He's number two easily at shooting guard. It's not even close. He's just not quite Jordan. <laughs> right. But, yeah, you're right. They do that with all kinds of people. But Taylor was super talented and mm-hmm. could have went down. He hit hard, too. He did. Yeah, he was a big play guy. I think he grabbed a lot of people's attention. Yeah. He was a big attention guy because he knocked people out, and he would make these crazy athletic plays. And He could have been something. Bob Sanders also could have been a great if he could have stayed healthy, but mm-hmm. that was never going to happen. <laughs> That man never played. Somebody I really liked was, I mean, you brought up Cam Chancellor earlier, but the actual good safety that Earl played Thomas. for that team is Earl Thomas. He was yeah. he was really good. Probably. He was good. He lost mine. every time I every time I would watch a receiver get off a Sherman jam and run by him, Earl Thomas would come out of nowhere and pick the ball off or knock it away, and I'd be like, "What? This guy is so good in center field." But the crazy part is the reason he's not in this conversation is because of himself. Yeah. After Legion of Boom blew he went up, totally crazy. He lost his mind. Was it at Baltimore? Yeah, he went to Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. played like a year and was still awesome. And they kicked him off the team for him acting like an idiot. And he's never played again. He ruined his chance at being an all-time great safety yeah, by did. acting a fool. Because he was the best one on that. He was the best safety in the league, I think. For a well, little I think bit. he was their best defensive back. Sherman could only play one side of the field. Cam Chancellor could only hit. Yeah, he could do it all. Yeah. Thomas was played right. the Ed Reed role and still came down and hit more yeah. than someone. Yeah, like Ed he Reed only did. played ten years and he had seven hundred thirteen tackles. What was his interceptions? Thirty. That's still good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean if he mean, plays fifteen, sixteen years like some of these other guys, we're talking over a thousand tackles and probably forty some interceptions. Right. Yeah. yeah. And for a defensive back, that's all time great numbers. That's Dawkins. he's on an all time great defense where everyone's making. And you have Bobby Wagner making all those tackles. Yeah. Like, and Cam Chancellor yeah. was stealing tackles from him, and mm-hmm. Sherman was, you know, play- Sherman only played for turnovers. He played underneath everything and would steal 
all those passes underneath. He'd play super physical and then play underneath to cut the route off, and Earl Thomas would come over top and yeah, play safety. Yeah, because he knew he had great safeties yeah. behind him. Yeah, when, so, you, I mean, when you know you have safeties behind you, you get more physical. Exactly. Yeah, you can be much more Absolutely. Absolutely. You it's like it's like having a, gr- yeah. a great shot blocker behind you when right. you're a guard in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. You can get up in somebody's grill because you know that they'll erase stuff for you. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. They take care of your mistakes. Mm-hmm. What are Harrison, real quick before we transition, can you look up Harrison Smith real quick? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I just want to see what his stats are. He, he's been good for years. He has. He's been so good. Yeah, and he start, he's on his downhill decline, but he he's is. he's still solid. All right. He is. He has eight or 989 tackles. He has 34 interceptions. Um, he has 19 and a half sacks. Um, he has eight fumble recoveries. Um, he's returned four interceptions for touchdown. Um, so he's already almost got a thousand tackles already. Almost, yeah. He'll have a thousand tackles by the end of the season yeah, unless yeah, he gets yeah, hurt. And his interceptions were in the thirties. Thirty-four. Thirty-four. And he had nineteen sacks. Yep. And he's got three this year. I'm about to say fuck Paul Krause, but here's the Smith on here, huh? And he's in his twelfth season. Yeah. So maybe if he can play a few more and tack on some extra numbers, that'd be nice. If he can get to forty interceptions and yeah. twenty sacks, that's pretty unreal. You said Harrison Smith. Yeah. It's his name. Yeah, that's him right there. I only have like scroll down farther. Scroll down that's his game, game logs. Oh, gotcha. I was about go. to say they throw yeah, the active off. players. They had their game logs. Oh, gotcha. I mean, just last year when he was thirty-three, he had eighty-five tackles and five interceptions. <laughs> he only played fourteen games. Yeah, I mean, he's he's just been so good for so long. And he's he got does, 45 tackles for loss. He does everything. He literally just does everything. I've, I've always just really liked if he, him. If he played for the Cowboys, he'd be so famous. It'd be ridiculous. He'd already be in the Hall of Fame. They'd <laughs> already fucking yeah. shoot him in. They'd have his jacket waiting. Yep. Well, you never be know. Be ironed out on a hanger waiting there. <laughs> there. Trade, trade deadline's not up. You never know. <laughs> but I, if I was them, I would be trading... Cousins and Smith and Hunter and anybody else that I could get stuff for because they are garbage. And you can get one of these quarterbacks coming out if you uh, suck yeah. enough. Yeah, Caleb Williams or Drake May. Or, is that his name? Drake yeah, May? Drake yeah. May. Or Michael Penix or Penix. There's a bunch of them that could be. I, see, I saw a stupid mock draft the other day that had Deion Sanders' son going like third overall in the draft. What? No, no way. I was third like, overall. It was like it was third or fourth. It Maybe third round. I was just yeah, like, Whoa, if he comes that's out, I was like, "Where'd that come from?" Third overall, but neither one of them come out. No, I don't think so either. I, I, I think, yeah, they're going to do another. I think, I think, I think Dion's the quarterback. Dion's son it will. Um, Shador will stay. Yeah, he's going to stay and come back next year. They like predicted him going third or fourth overall to like the Broncos or something like that. It was just all projection based on how the season's gone so well, far. He's. He he's also making more in an NIL deal in college than he'll make on his rookie contract. Yeah, he's making more per year right now in college than he will for his entire rookie contract in the NFL. Like, so it'd be like stupid to come out million. anyway. Yeah, he's making over four million. Yeah, it's like yeah. four point six million already, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. or something. It's something close to that. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's narrow down our safety list, gentlemen. Okay. Here's where we're at. Three that are in. We have three in. Yeah, Palomalo, Reed, and Lott are all in. So Dawkins has got four. Dawkins has got four, yes. Ray, do you want to come to Dawkins or do you want to talk about it? Well, well, let's let's talk about it for a second. Okay. And let me defer to the the old fella over here, Doug. 
I have two old fellers on my list, Ken Houston and Paul Krauss. Who do you think is the lesser of the two? Oh. <laughs> well, I don't have either one on my list, but they were both. <laughs> <laughs> they both played almost the exact same time, dude. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, this comes down to kind of the Ronnie Lott, Ed Reed argument. I think Kraus was probably the better free safety, and I think Houston's probably the better strong safety. Um, Kraus has got quite a few more interceptions, but Kenny Houston could hit. What is the interception difference? It's um, 49 to 81. 81. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Who had 81? Paul Krause. Krause. I mean, he's the NFL he's the leader. all-time leader in interceptions. Yeah. So I, hmm. I, I think that makes probably, sense. I mean, yeah. Krause. Yeah, that's what I said I the had, whole Vikings episode. <laughs> if I hadn't picked Larry Wilson, I would have picked Krause. Who's, with, who's Houston with me? Me. It's no. Reagan and Alex over for the second week in a row. <laughs> well, it's not like we're screwing anybody over. It's, it, we're on an island uh, with, the, well, with each I, other. Maybe this will help decide. I'll move my Larry Wilson to Paul Cross. Okay. Perfect. Eliminates Wilson. Well, eliminates Wilson anyway. Yeah. I'll take so, Wilson out because Paul Cross was my next guy. Okay. And I, I, I wanted Liz to talk about Larry, and we did. And I also fought hard for Paul Krause in the Vikings episode. You did. Yeah, so I did. really should. God, that little haunts I me. Should, <laughs> I should be there for him now. I'm just joking. Okay. John Randall hasn't shown up yet, so I'm Son good. Son of a bitch. <laughs> God, I wanted that man on. I don't even remember. No, you wanted Randy Moss on. You didn't want Chris Carter on. I didn't want Randy Moss on. I've proven a point that he's better than Chris Carter, so Chris Carter shouldn't be on. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just joking. So I guess that's what we're doing, Alex. I, I don't know why there's a we in this. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't said anything yet. Well, I'm just saying because I'm busting ship here. Well, now. give your opinion real quick then. Yeah, let's. See, yeah, before I make final, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> why Houston over Kraus? Just, just what was your thinking process? Um, you know, I I kind of decided that, you know. I read all these articles on all these old guys that were supposed to be really good. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, oh, man, you mean I have, there's like, you know, uh, like top 15 safeties of all time, and eight of them couldn't play in like the last two or three decades. So I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. And I'm like a bunch of really slow white guys that can't play. Um, so I was like, this is wonderful. And I was like, well, Wade will side with me because Wade hates old white guys. So I was like, that's the thing. And then Wade's like, no, I really like this old white guy. And so I was like, man, I got left on an island with Ray, who then immediately dumps me for the second week in a row. I mean, uh, I've actually like been a whore at the prom. Than so far that's in football. right, you have. 81. on the Johnny Unitas train the fuck? 81's yeah. a big number. I'm turning the corner. I went to rehab, guys. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to vote for Bob Cousy next. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I know better than that. Oh, 81's man. a big number. Yeah, I just thought the all time. Ask Kobe. 81's a big number. And yeah. Kraus and Houston played the exact same time, almost. They did. They did. Um, I think, really, on all honesty, what, uh, first off, Kenny Houston's not an old white guy. Um, right. <laughs> first off. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. But, uh, so. Kraus also had uh, 32 uh, more receptions. <laughs> uh, no, that's this. Whatever it was, you know, I uh, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know, in, a, in an era, you know, strife with quarterbacks that you know threw the ball to the other team three times a game. Um, I was like, well, I don't, 
I won't take the uh, interceptions as seriously. So <laughs> I went with a guy that was known for taking people's heads off in the middle of the field. So I went with Houston. Houston was a good safety, isn't it? Oh, he was, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> like the ship's on fire and I'm jumping in the water. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, other than Dawkins, no great nicknames. Yeah. I was disappointed. What were Ed Reed's nicknames? Uh, you'd think someone like Paul Amalu and Ed Reed would have cool or nicknames. Or Ronnie Lott. I mean, any of those guys. Well, I saw when we were doing the quarterbacks episode Ed Reed last none. week. And they had Peyton Manning pulled up. There was a nickname I'd never seen before. It yes. was Pater. Yes, I saw Pater. I was like, who the fuck called Peyton Manning Pater? Yeah. I've seen the sheriff, and there was another one I'd I'd remember. I don't remember what it was. And it said pay dirt. Like, Ed Reed and Ryan Lott have no nicknames. Yeah, really, none it's listed shocking. on here at all. I figured Paul Malu would have one like on his hair. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he had any either. That's, that's so disheartening. <laughs> um. Yeah, Troy Paul Malu has none. <laughs> These all-time great safeties have no nicknames. I could have sworn someone used to call like Paul Malu like the Tasmanian Devil or something like that. But then we're in basketball. Charles Barkley has like twenty. There yeah. was a lot of guys. That yeah, basketball has a ton. A lot of them you don't know about either. Like Elton Brand had like five. Yeah. I don't even know what they were. There was their like, main one, maybe a second one, but after that we're like, who calls them this? Yeah. Well, like yeah. one of Elton Brand's was like slant. <laughs> yeah. Or like there was a couple fat jokes in there. Like it was just like, okay. So there was a fine. bunch of fat jokes for Barkley. Yeah. Pizza <laughs> Prince or whatever. Like The Prince of Pizza? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was one. Yeah, I mean, Dawkins, Dawkins is in, so that gives us our fourth one. Ray made, Ray made his <laughs> All right. So what were you saying, Drew? <laughs> Come you on. Fit? Come on over. Come to my you, boy. You're the only one left. Come on. <laughs> Come to my guy. You know you're, you're, go you're to the guy. Board. That's my guy. That's you. My, your guy. My white guy. Paul Krause. <laughs> Paul Arizon. Paul Arizon, I mean... You liked a bunch of goofy white linebackers in the last <laughs> football segment, too. They were great guys. <laughs> they were. The one guy had like a kajillion tackles for the I Broncos. mean, he had over two tackles. But then he was tackles. like, you know what? Junior Seau sucks. <laughs> you and did have an anti And we were just like dumbfounded by this. Overrated. <laughs> overrated. <laughs> see if he shows up in the linebackers. See if he shows up <laughs> on my list. I bet he shows up on at least one or two. Oh, no, I know he will. It's okay. <laughs> this is gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just don't see the hype. <laughs> I don't see the hype. <laughs> if you shit on say out, I'm putting Emmett Smith and Trill David. No. Oh, 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 oh. oh man. Oh my god. This is about to get real over here. Alright, I'll come off Houston and come to Kraus. Alrighty. Thank you, sir. No, I don't list, I think. Having eighty one interceptions is really impressive. Hard to get by. <laughs> so so our five greatest safeties of all time are Paul Krause, Brian Dawkins, Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed, and Ronnie Lott. I'd say that's a pretty motley crew right there, boys. Indeed. I think, I think, I think that's the right list. I think that's a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I think even if you would, if you would, you know, take one or two of these guys off and replace them, you can at least see where our argument's coming from here. So, the the top four, I don't think. I mean, those are just the four greatest safeties ever. I agree. And then I think the number five spot, I looked at four different guys. I looked at Larry Wilson, who I ended up saying, Paul Krause, who we went with, 
I also looked at Kenny Houston, who you had, and looked at Steve Atwater. Who I, also yeah, had Steve Atwater, Atwater like yeah. Steve Atwater. You know, yeah. and I think number five could have been any of those four. Mm-hmm. I, agree. I really wanted to put Atwater on mine. Yeah, I looked at Atwater for a while today, just trying to be like, dude, I want to put him at five. He just hit. Oh, he yeah. hit so God, he tackled. And he was the leader of on the defense of two Super Bowl teams. Yeah. Which means something. That is a great point. Well, I do believe that will end our safety portion of this episode and lead us into what if, by the way, just so we're aware, guys, Steve Atwater's uh, nickname is the Smiling Assassin. Yeah. I, got that I like that nickname. <clears throat> and he has an October birthday. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I almost said something. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he is uh, Jeremy Chin, the safety for the Panthers' uncle. Oh. So, yeah. And he went to high school in Missouri. Sweet. All right. Nice. Luther North, wherever the hell that is. Right. It's in St. Louis. I ran against them. Yeah. Drew ran against them in track. Yep. Yep. It's in St. Louis. Did y'all beat them? I did, yeah. Did you? Yeah, a couple nice. times. Yeah, that's good. I beat him. Their coach talked to me. I think I told him I was a senior. Then he kind of backed off. Mm. Yeah. They're a private school. Yeah, well, Drew just had a nice yeah, little yeah. flex on the podcast. They've had yeah. uh, Drew flexes every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've had seven NFL players go to their high school, but oh, wow. but Steve Atwater is the only one I've ever heard of. Hmm. So still cool. Well, actually, a guy named Ronnie Perkins is a defensive end. This year for the Denver Broncos is from this oh. school. Wow. So, There's a lot of people that make the NFL. That is true. There is like 63 guys a team, and they go through players quite a bit. So they'll make the NFL. <laughs> even, even if you just make a practice squad, you're a badass. Yeah. I mean, you're an yeah. animal. I personally know somebody that made, from here that made a the Ravens practice squad. <laughs> There's a guy that went to school with my wife that has uh, he stayed in the NFL on practice squads for like eight straight years that went to Monmouth. Mm. Um, there was a Culver guy that hit the Texans. He was on the Titans. He's on the Titans. I think he still is. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. This guy from where my wife is from, I think he was on, I think like six or seven different teams in the, like the eight years he was on the practice squads. But and then now I think he's a coach, I think somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he survived from Monmouth. That's kind of cool, I thought. Hell yeah. I think he was a quarterback. Oh, um, Alex Tanny? I think, yeah, yeah. that's him. Yeah. I met him, yeah. I went to yeah. his uh, quarterback's camp. He was yeah. backup for Eli. Yeah. yeah. Drew went to their quarterback Super Bowl, camp. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, Q&D produced a Super Bowl champion. Right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's true. It's pretty cool. We got some badasses around here. Yeah. yeah. Good old. We got some good athletes. Northeast Missouri here. Yeah, that's right. Flex on you, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's go into what if. And I do believe this what if is coming from Uncle Doug. Yeah. Well, last week when we were doing our quarterback segment, um, we ended up putting Steve Young um, on our list. And Steve Young is, was kind of an interesting guy because he was offered just an insane contract by the USFL to not go to the NFL. Um, so he spent his first couple years in the USFL. And my what if is, what if he doesn't do that? If he goes straight to the NFL from college, 
um, which would have put him in, I believe, the 1984 draft class. I think it's 82. It, 84 is the year he got drafted. Like, is the 84 when, is the year he joined the NFL. So, oh, okay, so, so 82. Okay. 82. Sorry. 82. Let's look at the 82 draft. The yeah. number one pick is the New England Patriots. I think. It is. Yeah. Who did they Cincinnati select? Cincinnati is not. Isn't that who you think it is, Dad? Yeah. Cincinnati yeah. doesn't have a pick till 26. The article I read said that they thought he was going number one to Cincinnati. Well, here. Well, let's, I look, I've looked into it a little bit. Well, why don't you look at? Well, let's look at his college and see what his well, last year in college. Well, in 1979, 1980, Cincinnati has the number three pick those years. Yeah, I guess it depends on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when he. Yeah, but the one year they draft Anthony Munoz. Oh, so like you don't want to replace? No, right. you want him. No, you, you need your him. staple left tackle for the next. You need maybe the greatest offensive lineman ever on your team. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad mofo. He was. Yeah, so he's going to be their tackle till '92, and it's 1980. Yeah, that's true. Let me go to College Football Reference and yeah, see. We're going to have to look here. I've looked on College Football Reference. It's interesting. Just looking at like how like everyone's career is shorter, so it's like weird comparing everybody. Like, but the I can't find any year that the Bengals had the number one pick. Steve Young played at BYU from eighty one, eighty three. Eighty one, eighty three. So he would have came out in the eighty three, eighty four draft. What the? I just, you just saw it on my page. Yeah. It said that he entered the NFL draft yeah. in nineteen eighty four. Well, he, uh, he he entered, I think. Right, but he turned it down. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he entered. And, well, what's the first year he plays for the he, Bucks? He played from the, in the Bucks in '85. He played for the LA Express in '84, '85. So in the Bucks in '85. So right. It, so so it is the 80. first two USFL season wasn't the same as NFL season. So his so the '84 draft, the first pick is New England. Yeah, and like I uh, said, the Cincinnati doesn't have a pick till 28. But the first quarterback. Oh, taken, actually. It taken isn't holy cow. Isn't until the second round where Cincinnati takes Boomer Esiason. Okay, that's that makes it. sense. Okay, that, that's why what I read said that they thought Cincinnati would take him. A quarterback was not drafted in the entire first round of the draft. Right, and the, Boomer Esiason is taken midway through the second round. Thirty-eight. So, so basically, what the what if is is if you replace Boomer Esiason with Steve Young. Okay, well, let me pull up Cincinnati. That's what we're boiling down to. Oh, wow. All right. Very interesting. So he doesn't go to the USFL. He goes here instead. So in 84 on, we're talking about Steve Young playing for the Bengals. Here's, here's the thing I was reading. It said it was taken for granted that Young would be the first pick of the 1984 draft Selected by the Cincinnati Bengals, who were three years removed from the Super Bowl, and had landed the number one pick in a trade with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hmm. However, the Bengals still had Kenny Anderson, and they had planned to have Young set behind Anderson for 84 season before taking over in 85. Young found that unappealing, which opened the door for L.A. to make him the monster contract pick. Hmm. Well, the receivers in '85, which we said he was going to sit behind. So this they thought that he would sit behind Kenny Anderson the first year and then take over in '85. 
And he had, which is what they ended up doing with Boomer, right? Yeah, because Boomer plays in '85, and he yeah. throws for 3,400 yards, 27 touchdowns, 12 picks, runs for 80 yards and a touchdown. It's pretty nice for back then, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. Pretty, pretty damn good season, actually. I mean, Boomer was. Boomer, does, he wins an MVP, doesn't he? He goes to a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, eventually, yeah. Which I mean, we all know what Steve Young can do. Because both their quarterbacks, their best quarterbacks, both made a Super Bowl. Well, and they almost had two thousand yard receivers: Eddie Brown and Chris Collinsworth. Chris Collinsworth was actually good. He Chris was, Collinsworth was was he good. Yeah. me on TV. Yeah, that's but he was, good but he's a good receiver. I mean, he, he had eleven hundred yards, five touchdowns, and. Eddie Brown had 942 yards for eight touchdowns. Didn't they have a good running back at some point? Um, James Brooks is their running back here. He, he ran for 900 yards and seven touchdowns, but he also caught 55 passes for 576 yards and five touchdowns. Their, nice. their fullback ran for 700 yards and nine touchdowns. Sounds like they had a good overall backfield. Yeah, a decent team. I mean, they, yeah. this team only won seven games, though. They went seven and nine. Mm. They, mean, don't, it, they don't go to the Super Bowl, too. We said, what, 89? Yeah. yeah. But on defense, they have a guy with eight and a half sacks, a nine, two three and a half, and a four, or another three and a half. So, I mean, they were. Yeah, they had some talent. I mean, they were, I mean they, and then they also have the best left tackle in football. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think it comes down to if, they act, if they're actually competent, unlike how the Buccaneers were when. Steve actually got into the NFL. If they're competent and he develops the same way he does later on in his career with the 49ers, but he does it earlier on with the Bengals, the Bengals are probably a really good team. And But Boomer was also really good when he was there. But I think the big thing is, does the upgrade to Steve Young give them a chance to win a Super Bowl? Well, I think the other thing is, is, when does the upgrade take effect? Yes, yeah. we don't know anything about young Steve Young in the NFL, right? Because he didn't play. Oh, he ran for his life when well, he got. I mean, his first two years, and then he sat on the bench yeah. for five years. Yeah. yeah. So you know well, what I mean? Like we don't. When does he become star Steve Young? Right. And when was he not rookie overwhelmed Steve Young? You know what I mean? Like yeah. as, long, as long as it takes that quarterback a few, a couple years to yeah. actually become a really sure. good, especially then. Right. So with Boomer, when did they get to the Super Bowl? 89. Yep. And it was against the 49ers. Yeah. Yep. So thank you if you have the same progression for Steve Young. And you've got Steve Young playing as Joe Montana in the 89 Super Bowl. Hmm. That would be cool. That would been insane. That would have <laughs> been fun to watch. I mean, if he doesn't get killed while he's in Tampa, he's got Anthony Munoz, which, of course, Steve Young's left-handed. Oh, so that's yeah, true. Right tackle. <laughs> Who is Joe Walter? I you mean, would grab Munoz and say, get the fuck over there. <laughs> They'd figure something yeah. out. You're going to right tackle. Come on. But, you, you just flip the O-line. Yeah. At that point, the right tackle is basically the same thing. Right. He would protect. Well, he would go whichever side he had to go to to protect. So we're kind of looking at Boomer versus Steve Young. Which we all put Steve, Steve Young in our top five quarterbacks of all time. Well... We yeah. didn't even end up with Boomer on the Mount Rushmore of the Bengals, did we? No. I think we went with Kenny Anderson. Yeah, maybe. so yeah, I, I think, think there's did. obviously a large difference between yeah. the two. I think we all definitely think Steve Young's an upgrade. Right, but Steve, he is an upgrade. I don't think it's even a question, mm-hmm. but it's when does that upgrade take effect? Right, yeah. Because Steve Young technically doesn't have those great years we talked about until in the 90s somewhere. Right. So... Like, and I'm not saying it would have taken him that long if he was actually playing to be good, 
but you know, I, I assume that he probably would have been good by eighty nine. I say, I think you know, even in his real life situation, I think it's just after eighty nine where he starts starting quite a bit. Yeah, I think they win the Super Bowl in like eighty nine or ninety, and then he's starting by like ninety one or ninety two or something like that. He might be ninety one. So I think if if he goes to the Bengals and not Tampa Bay, and then he gets the chance to fully start and not sit behind Montana, I would say he's probably developed by 89 if he's drafted in 84. Who's a rookie in 89, Uncle Doug, for these Bengals? Hmm. There we go. I'm go down sure. the rabbit hole here. Probably. He has uh, He runs for 1,000 yards and scores 15 touchdowns. Oh. Shuffle? Oh, Icky. Icky Shuffle? Icky Woods. Icky Woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be a nasty read option with Icky and Steve Young. <laughs> That's another thing. Steve Young brought an athletic element to the running back position that a lot of teams didn't have back then, and they definitely didn't have with Boomer. In 89, they had James Brooks, the guy that's been their running back the whole time I've been on here. He ran for 931 yards and eight touchdowns, and then Icky Woods ran for – Almost 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns. So they ran the crap out of the ball mm-hmm. um, in that season. I almost had 2,000 yard rushers. Boomer still threw for 3,500. Yeah. yeah. He also threw 14 picks to 28 receptions. Um, Wait, what? So, he threw, say that again. He threw 14 picks and 28. Oh, I said that backwards a minute yeah. ago, didn't I? He threw 28 touchdowns and 14 picks. Okay. Okay. He, he said, said 28 that. interceptions. Yeah, interceptions. yeah, I did. I did. I switched it earlier. Well, on the 20 interceptions, then he, <laughs> and he was considered good. Yeah, that's my bad. Here. That's my bad. Uh, that's uh, a lot. <laughs> but at that, by this time, Collinsworth is gone. Mm-hmm. Collinsworth was bad a couple years before this, and then he's gone. He doesn't even get on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know any of these guys that played defense for them. Yes, I don't know anybody on their defense. The only one I was thinking about was Ken Rye, but he's too right. He's, he's too still, early. Oh, he's yeah. He's, he's got in the Hall of Fame though. I saw that. Yeah, he, he a lot of the players time. we talked about in the Mount Rushmore that, stuff just got in. That was crazy. Ken Riley, Zach Thomas, Darrell Rivas. Yeah, all right, got yeah, in. Just got in right so, after we talked about him on the podcast. So the '88 season and the '89 Super Bowl is when they went to the Super Bowl. So it's actually coming off the '88 season, okay. but at the '89 season. They go, they go eight and eight, finish last place in their division, and don't even make the playoffs. The very next year, wow! I mean, they're the Bengals, um, yeah. and there's always that Super Bowl thing. Everybody raids your team when you make the Super Bowl. Yeah. Win or lose. Well, the loser of the lose. Super Bowl usually has a terrible year afterwards. Yeah. It happens frequently. Yeah, I shouldn't say always, it, but it is a frequent thing that. There's usually a after you lose the Super Bowl. There's usually like this little curse or slump for like a year. Well, it's cause it seems like a lot of people jump ship and go other places. So yeah. they get paid. They lose coordinators and some of their important like yeah. and you role lose players Super Bowl. And, so it's like you don't feel like you got as yeah. much out of it. And right. your body just took a pounding playing all the way through the playoffs, and then you got to turn around and start the Dude, season yeah. again. And yeah. well, here's, it's just hard. Here's another little twist to this. Okay, say say Steve Young develops, and say they knock off the 49ers. In 89. But they have the fall off, like Alex is talking about. Okay? But Steve Young is not there to replace Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. Which Joe's not done when he leaves the 49ers. Right. He goes to Kansas City and he has a couple good years. Yep. Mm-hmm. So does Joe Montana then replace that Super Bowl with one of the ones that Steve won? 
Maybe. And maybe another one? I mean, does he still end up with four or maybe five? Because Steve, they keep him and he stays in that same offense? Maybe. I think it's possible. Right. I mean, because the reason he loses his job is because he gets hurt. Yeah. And Steve Young comes in and plays really well. So then they... So then yeah. they go ahead and trade Montana. But, but if he doesn't... if But if there's nobody there that's good behind him, right. he'd probably get his job back. He'd have a right. bad year and then he's well, back. He's back. Yeah. Here's what you got to think, though. When, when Steve... Unless I have my years mixed up, I might... Steve Young gets the starting job. It takes him a handful of years before he can get to the Super Bowl because they keep running to the Cowboys. I think you're right. Yes, that's that, true. I do think they. I do think. I'm not sure. Montana's my, last yeah. one and Steve Young's first one. There is a gap there. Because it's that four year span when the Bills go and they never play the Niners. Yeah, is that four years? They play the yeah. Cowboys. They play the Redskins. The, and, oh, the Giants. Right. They don't play the Forty mm-hmm. ers Forty ers don't get back to like ninety four, ninety five. The Cowboys and Aikman and the and the Forty ers and Young were kind of like Brady and Peyton. Brady was Aikman in the Cowboys, and they fucking ruled that shit and always beat Steve Young to get to the Super Bowl all the time. And then that one year, Steve Young finally gets them. It's the year they get Dion to come in and help on the defense. They get past the Cowboys and win the Super Bowl, but they have to get over the hump of the Cowboys, I believe, in order to do it. Yeah, because it's a big deal. It is. Yeah, because people give Steve Young a bunch of shit for not being as good as Joe Montana because he can't make... Because he doesn't, it takes him a few years to win a Super Bowl. Steve Young, Steve Young doesn't win his until '94, and Montana won his last one '89. And Montana's yeah. in is Montana retired by '94? Yeah, where's Montana? He only plays a couple years with KC, doesn't he? Yeah, like two. yeah, uh, two years I think. So I think um, so I think he's retired by the time they're able to get past the Cowboys. And I don't know if old man Joe Montana right, is as good as it. prime Steve Young. Because Steve Young was maybe the best quarterback in the league during that point. Montana's last year in the league is ninety four. Oh, so, so that would have been his last year in the league. Where he went nine and five with the Chiefs. He threw for thirty two hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns on sixty percent completion. I mean, so he had a decent year. Right. Well, he wasn't garbage. Um, I don't know what the route to the Super Bowl was for the yeah. um, the 49ers that year. I assume they had to beat the Cowboys at some point. Look up Steve Young's numbers and in that year he wins the Super Bowl and just see what kind of numbers he put up for them to make it and win the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, he threw for 4,000 yards and 29 touchdowns and had a 68% completion percentage. Four. Through 16 uh, picks. He led the league in completion percentage and touchdowns and touchdown percentage. Mm. In '94, he has 35 touchdowns. No, it's but that's it's not the '94 season. It's the '94 Super Bowl. See, the next year, '94, he was even better. Yeah, he threw 70 percent and 35 touchdowns. It was '93. Okay, '93. Yeah, which is 10 interceptions. So he led the league in we led the league in touchdowns three years in a row. Right there, bam, bam, bam. Yeah. He's late in the league and can play some beat him in the MVP and QB rating almost every year. He lost the MVP to Emmett. Oh, boy. <laughs> Give it to my boy, Steve. Emmett had for Jerry. Emmett had 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns, plus he also had 400 receiving yards and one touchdown. You got to be kidding me. I was expecting like 18 touchdowns or 20 or something. I was expecting like 1,800 yards. So he has about 1,800, oh, oh, about 1,900 yards and 10 touchdowns total. I mean, that's a super nice season. That's a, yeah, it's a very I was nice season. I more to be an MVP touchdown-wise. Yeah. Um, Jerry Rice had 
1,500 yards receiving and 15 touchdowns. Wow. Give it to Steve or Jerry, not Yeah. It's probably because they played on the same team, so they probably split votes. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. You know, that, that does happen quite a bit. Elway had a pretty decent year. Elway threw for 4,000. He threw actually threw for seven more yards than um, Steve Young. He threw for 25 touchdowns, which is four less, but he threw only through 10 picks, which is six less. Oh, there's Aikman. He came in fifth. <laughs> oh, boy. What'd he do? 3,100 yards and 15 touchdowns to, to six picks, and he ran for 125 yards. So let me guess. So him, Emmett won it, and Aikman was in top five, and they had a combined 25 <laughs> touchdowns. <laughs> Are you shitting me right now? And Steve had my, my boy Steve together didn't equal Steve Young's touchdowns. My boy together. My boy Steve had 31. And Steve didn't get it. American team or Reggie yeah. or Jerry. I mean, Jerry was unbelievable. Yeah, Jerry had 15. That's crazy. <laughs> Aikman and Evans touchdowns combined don't equal Steve Young. Cowboy bias. That's funny shit. You know, the reason why Emma Smith overrated. He he ran for fifteen hundred yards, which is very nice. I'm not knocking yeah, it. No, that's he ran for fifteen hundred yards, um, and you know, and nine touchdowns, which again is solid. Emmett, but it's, but it's not production isn't really the one I'm shitting on right now. I'm more shitting on Aikman. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you can't be fifth in MVP voting and putting up worse numbers than Daniel Jones. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's a different time period, Wade. Worse than Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen one that. Well, did I send it to the group where it said Joe Flacco Joe Flac- better than Troy Aikman? <laughs> yes, you did send it. To so the group. Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler has better numbers. We went over this tons. Like at time. least Emmett was probably leading the league in rushing or close to it. <laughs> Aikman with fifteen, big old fifteen touchdowns, less than one per game. Pretty fucking good to me. <laughs> Jesus. Well, here's this. Okay, so the next year, Steve Young wins the MVP. Okay, but Barry Sanders, yeah, has nineteen hundred yards and seven touchdowns. Plus, he had almost three hundred yards receiving and a touchdown, and he gets blown out of the water for the MVP voting. So he had a better year than Emmett did the year before, yeah. and Steve Young runs away with it. One place for the Lions, <laughs> one place for the Cowboys. You could argue that Barry's more impressive because he did it on the Lions. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, worst franchise yeah. maybe of all time. As a, that's just crazy. And Jerry Rice has 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns and gets one per- one vote. One vote. I bet Cowboy fans hate this podcast. <laughs> Despise I don't know any Cowboy fans that listen to us. We tell no, it probably why. Yeah. We, tell, we tell it how it is. Hey, and shout out to the Detroit Lions. They're fucking 5 of 1, guys. Yeah. Now, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. So, in 1995, Emmett comes in third in the MVP voting. Okay. He has 1,800 yards and 25 touchdowns. Mm. That one is mm. nice. That one might be the year your cousins talk about. Getting the ball down there and handing the ball to Emmett. Well, he had the touchdown record before he yeah. got broke like four times in a row. But uh, 25 rushing touchdowns is impressive. That's very good. That's, That's super impressive. Ball. Say what? So who were the other people ahead of him? Uh, Favre won it with 4,400 yards, 38 touchdowns, 13 picks. Mm, that is pretty mm. nice. Um, Jerry Rice came in second. With 122 catches for almost 1,900 yards and 15 touchdowns. Wow. And then Emmett was third. And then Jim Harbaugh from the Colts came in fourth oh, no. with oh, no. 
2,500 yards and 17 touchdowns. Two more than Aikman. Two more than Aikman. 2,500 yards, boy. How did he come in fourth in the MVP voting? Because he's the comeback kid, remember? Remember the episode where he found out he's the comeback kid? Oh, my goodness. He... He has negative. Oh, that's receiving. He has ne- he has negative nine receiving yards for the season. I thought I was rushing at first. I was like, no way. He has negative rushing yards. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Jerry Rice was that guy. Oh, I mean, Jerry Rice was a beat. He's on every every single MVP vote. Yeah, he should. Be. I mean, we go from fifteen to nineteen. Oh, that one shortened season didn't happen. He had two thousand. Well, didn't he have the he in the shortened season? He broke the touchdown record. Yeah, he had like twenty two <laughs> touchdowns in his games. Yeah, <laughs> that's what like, I'm saying. He was. That's why when like people talk about Randy Moss having the touchdown record, it's like, does he really? Yeah, he has one more really... in, in four more games. Jerry was that guy. <laughs> oh man, Favre won three straight MVPs, mm. <laughs> and he won the Favre threw for thirty eight hundred yards and thirty five touchdowns with sixteen picks and won the MVP. When Barry Sanders ran for 2,000 yards and 11 touchdowns and then had 33 receptions for 300 yards and three more touchdowns. One of like the three greatest rushing seasons of all time is what that was. Yeah. 2,000 yards on the Lions, baby. And Terrell Davis had almost 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. Steve Young again appears on this one. This is 97, by the way. Steve Young threw for 3,000 yards and 19 touchdowns with six picks. It seems like a more down year. He's that's nearing the end of his career. He's only got two years left after that. Yeah. Well, his next, his second to last year might be his best one. The year after that, the one you just named, he throws for forty one hundred yards and thirty six touchdowns. Yeah, he's not on the MVP list in, in ninety eight. What? Nope. After leading the league in touchdowns, Terrell Davis wins the MVP for rushing for two thousand yards and twenty one touchdowns. Okay, that's understandable. Uh, Randall Cunningham is second with thirty seven hundred yards and thirty four touchdowns with ten picks. Okay, that's reasonable. Jamal Anderson is next with eighteen hundred yards and fourteen touchdowns. Okay. And Randy Moss is fourth with thirteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns. Hmm. And nobody else got a vote. <laughs> The guy that had the most touchdowns of anyone didn't make that. No votes for him. Oh, well. Those were all pretty impressive stat lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. We kind of went off on a tangent here, gentlemen. But I guess what we're saying is, do we think Steve Young can get the Bengals a a Super Bowl? There's a chance. I mean, he has to go. He either has to go through Montana or he's got to go through the Cowboys team, essentially. He's got to go through one of them. I think there's a chance for him. Mm-hmm. I'd say having him improves their chances, but I, I honestly, I'm not 100 sure if he does one. Yeah, I know. no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying for sure. Yes, he wins one. I'm like, there's yeah, better, because I, I really can't name anybody else on the team other than Munez. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're I mean, just, we know who Chris Collinsworth is just because of, but it's only for a couple of years, and then yeah. his, then he is done. The hard part is, is yeah, they go to the Super Bowl that year, but one of the mingle years they get spanked. I don't know if it's the the Anderson year or the. Other we looked year. it up earlier. They were both close, actually. Were they? Yeah, the Maybe one was like two other games. Then I thought one of their games. Was I was a thinking they got blown out. That's once what I too. thought. But I did the, too. But I, when I looked it up earlier, they were both close. Oh, I mean, you could okay. be right. I just I thought, don't know. I just thought one yeah. of them was a blowout, but maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I think. I mean, whether they, I'm not sure whether the Cincinnati would get it or not. I mean, whether he's enough of an upgrade to That's get him that saying. win. Because he has to but beat an all-time great team. I think it probably affects San Francisco more than it does Cincinnati. I 
because Cincinnati drops off anyway, and he probably would still be there. But who's going to play quarterback for San Francisco later if he's in Cincinnati? And then if the 49ers have to draft a guy and he's a bust, what does that do to Jerry Rice's numbers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that's that's does Jerry Rice have that big of a cushion on all the all-time lists that the second half of his career is with a shitty quarterback? I don't know. Does, does he even stay? You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, does he leave earlier? Right. He may go someplace else. Yeah. To... The 1982 Super Bowl, 26-21 to 21, Niners. That one's not bad. So, you know, it could be a difference. Maybe not. But it could have a big impact on the 49ers down the road. I think it would really affect, the more I think about it, I think it would really affect Jerry Rice. Because, I mean, he got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks to keep him going. And then his third quarterback with the Raiders was an MVP in, Rich, in Gannon. That's so, true. Yeah, Gannon did get an MVP. Yeah. I forgot that. With the Raiders, with Jerry Rice, like putting up record numbers, like he was dominating. Well, Steve Young's backup was Elvis Gerbach. Uh, we all know Elvis Gerbach. Yeah, yeah, yeah we not do. Not for good reason. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying he was a stud. I'm just saying we all right, we yeah. know who it is. Like, but yeah, the Forty Niners ain't winning the Super Bowl with Elvis Gerbach. <laughs> right after Steve Young is Jeff Garcia, who was yeah. pretty good for him after that. But yeah, Jeff like, Garcia was good. He's like early, early two thousands. Right. So there'd the, be a nice gap there if if Steve Young's not there. There's like a decade between yeah, Montana and Garcia. The right. 1989 Super Bowl, 49ers won 20-16. They were close then. You're right. Yeah, both were close. Okay. It's that Chargers one that we all remember. Uh-oh. That could be. I could have been thinking. I'm sure this. the 49ers blow out somebody else. I thought Montana yeah. blew the doors off a couple, couple yeah. teams. I thought one of them was the Bengals, but I was wrong. I don't remember who they beat in the other two Super Bowls. But anyway. I think having Steve Young ups their chances, but I still, if I had to pick yes or no, I I still think, I don't know. I think no. I'm leaning towards no, but it's a lot closer than I had it in my head. Oh. So maybe. The other Super Bowl, the other blowout, it's the Broncos. They beat them 55 to 10. That's the one I'm thinking. They they wear orange too, yeah. So, well, basically. Wrong team. Taking the money was the right choice for Steve Young. Yeah. Because this. Going to Cincinnati would probably hurt his legacy. I agree. Because he probably wouldn't have the Super Bowl he's got, and it would probably hurt the 49ers. Well, and he doesn't get to develop with Jerry Rice. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not saying Steve Young would have sucked without Jerry Rice, but it, it certainly helps Yeah, having the greatest receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 1999, it, uh, Jeff Garcia uh, plays 13 games for yeah. the 49ers. Didn't they get Garcia out of the Canadian Football League? I believe you're right. Yeah, yes. I think that's where they went and got him. Well, then that's also around the time they get T.O. And then T.O. And, and Garcia's careers take off. Yeah. Does Steve Young throw to T.O. at all? Uh, yeah, I think he did. I thought he did. Yeah. I thought it was a couple. They have a famous play where Steve Young fits it to a small pocket and like a... It's like a playoff game. Yeah, it is. Or, it's a playoff game against somebody. Yeah, he gets like creamed by two defenders, and Steve Young has to like fit it to this tight little pocket, and To actually catches it, and I think they win the game because that's like his only yeah. catch at the game. Yeah, it's yeah, To is dropped. To plays for the 49ers from '96 to '03, so he's there with Steve Young for a few years. Yeah, I thought that To and Rice played together for a while. Now he, I mean, he starts off a little slower, um, but he, I mean, his second year in the league, he. He has 60 catches for 900 yards and eight touchdowns. He was getting there by your team. Yeah. T.O. had a long career, too. He did. Yeah, T.O. played a long time. Yeah. 
He kind of snuck up on you when you, or at least for me, he kind of snuck up on me towards the end of his career. He was clearly slowing down. I was like, what is he slowing down for? And then I was like, oh, I'd look it up and I'd be like, oh, he has been in the league a long time. Yeah, so like, I guess I kind of like, I kind of looked at the receivers already just to see how interesting it was. I was like, dang, I, I didn't realize he played that long. Yeah. He did. Well, even as an old man, he had a couple like thousand yard seasons at the end of his career. But let's we haven't talked about we've talked about what it does for the Bengals and what it does for the 49ers. I guess here's the other question is what does it does to Steve what does it do to Steve Young's legacy? Probably hurts it. Yeah. And definitely knocks it down. I mean, he's not he's just, not winning two MVPs, office players a year. We're not guaranteeing Super Bowl wins. I mean, I, not, I would say he probably gets an MVP cuz Boomer gets an MVP. So I would say there's a good chance he might be able to squeak out an MVP, but I don't I have a hard time giving him a Super Bowl because he has to go through an all-time great 49ers team or an all-time great Cowboy team. And I don't think he's their also, team can yeah. he's, also, he's also got to get through the AFC. Yeah. I mean, right. and we know he gets one with San Francisco. And it's iffy whether he gets one with Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, he would have to go and, you know, beat a lot of good AFC teams. I mean, you have to beat those Bills. Maybe beat right. those Bills teams, the Bills teams or, or whatever. You know, the Steelers have good defense, and they're in their division. The Steelers came yeah. alive in the 90s with those Yeah, teams. they did. Yeah. And then you're talking about you're either beating, like Wade said, the Dynasty 49ers. You're beating the multi-time Super Bowl Giants. You're beating the Hogs in Washington. Or you're beating the Dynasty Dallas Cowboys. The Raiders mm-hmm. won a Super Bowl in the 90s, I think, too, in the early 90s. Did the Raiders win one? I think I got one like was it maybe it was late eighties or early nineties. I think I snuck one in there. I thought maybe because wasn't that the team Howie Long was on? It was like nineteen ninety or eighty nine or something. I'm not sure. They won one in seventy seven, eighty one, and eighty four. There was no ninety one. They got to one. They got more than three Super Bowls. There's no way, right? No, Unless they've been in some other ones. Maybe the NFL championships they have more. Because didn't Gannon go to a Super Bowl? But they lost. They lost to yeah. They lost to the Bucks. They lose to because they lose to John Gruden when he was with the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. That's an O one. Because that's that's in between the Rams appearances. Because because the Bucks are fighting you guys in the NFC. Right, there, the Bucks had that great defense. Well, they traded for John Gruden and then won a Super Bowl. Right. Because yeah. they had Tony Dungy and everybody was like, Tony Dungy can't get over the hump because he yeah. built that wonderful defense with right. Lynch. And Barber and Saps. Brooks and Sap and yes, all those guys, guys on defense, and they couldn't get over the hump on offense. They traded for Gruden, and Gruden didn't even really make their offense good. He just made it kind good enough. Yeah, good enough. yeah. <laughs> yeah. kind of like it was. It, it kind of reminded you of the uh, that early uh, Ravens championship. Yeah, they're right Dilfer there. Got his I mean, they're now. both right there together. I mean, Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson have got to be two of the worst quarterbacks to win, but yeah. they have two of the best defenses. Yeah. Yes. I mean, of course, Brad Johnson's in his son now the quarterback for Texas A and M. Yeah, and his other and son, his other son's the tight end for A yeah. and M. Really, I didn't yeah. know that. And Trent yeah. Dilfer said coach at UAB. Yeah. Yeah, Dilfer's the coach now. Yeah. We were watching an A and M. We watching. We watching A and M Alabama, and they showed Brad Johnson. He was at the game, and his, his one son's quarterback, and the other one's tight end. And mm. the, his friend sitting next to him uh, in the box was Jason Witten. Oh, really? Yeah. So you got. Johnson and Witten, quarterback and tight end, and the two boys on the field playing. <laughs> nice. So, uh, do we have anything to add about all our what if here? I think, mm-hmm. I think we covered it pretty good. I yeah. think so too. 
All right, well, that will end this episode. We appreciate you tuning in for this safety episode. We were happy to do it. And we would... Oh, crap. I don't know what's next week. Is it tight ends? Tight ends? No, it's no. not. Oh. Interior alignment? Well, I surely don't. Well, rate, subscribe, uh, <laughs> send us some emails. Um, that would be wonderful. Um, interior alignment. Oh, and tune in next week for our interior offensive linemen. That will be uh, an interesting one. And thanks for tuning in to Sports the Nemo Way.